I'm an artist with no collectors, no connections, no clout, and no social media presence. In this podcast, you will get a behind-the-scenes look at the actions I'm taking to change all that. I've made a one-year commitment to share my successes and failures and everything I learned along the way as I attempt to build an art business from the ground up. Welcome to Artistic Ambition. My name is Christina Elkins. This is episode 18, and today we're going to continue our conversation with Amy Eichler. In my last episode, we really explored finding your art style, and she has a very distinct style, so she had a lot of good tips for us. But our conversation had kept going, and so this is part two, and in this part, we're going to talk more about the business side of your art practice. and. A little bit about pricing and kind of like some strategies to maintain your art business. Without further ado, here is part two with Amy Eichler. What are some steps for a new artist to get their name out there? You just kind of hit on them, but if you want to like yeah, pinpoint, I mean, you've got it. You got to hit every every kind of little department. You got to go online. Um, I think when I started a website, that made me feel more legitimate. Mm-hmm. Um, just me personally, that was a huge step, um, and I think it helps with especially um, older art collectors to be able to say, here's my website. And then they can go see that. They feel like you're, you are legitimate. You do have a collection of art. So, you know, even if you just have your five best pieces on there, I mean, that's, that's enough to start a website. Um, you know, if you don't want to start a website, having a cohesive social media, um, joining art groups, there's a lot of art community groups around this area getting in touch with like local galleries or local stores. I think outside the box, you don't have to just sell through a gallery. You can sell through boutiques. You can sell with my art. I, I paint animals. So I, I sell my art at, you know, pet hospitals Mm -hmm. and, and vet clinics. I think just having a community of supportive artists that are there with you in the journey is helpful. Not just in like, hey, how do we paint, but how do we build our art business? Mm -hmm. So several years ago, um, I, just wanted to meet with other artists that that ha- wanted to start their businesses or grow their businesses. So every artist that I meet that I met that was really in tune with their business side, I would invite them to come to lunch. And we had this group of, gosh, I feel like 10, 20 people at one point, we were meeting at lunch and having coffee and bringing our computers and working on the business side of our art. And that was so much fun. I look, looked forward to that. I think it was once a week we would do that and the pandemic hit. So yeah. uh, kind of stopped doing that. And then I had, I had two babies. <laughs> yes. um, so that changed things a little bit. But just having that art community of like-minded people mm-hmm. was very important for me. I do feel like on social media, as an artist, you go out there, you're looking around, people are like, I'm a full-time artist and it looks all glamorous. They're in their studio, they're doing, they're painting. You're like, oh, they're they're just in their studio painting every day. They're just having living the dream basically. And I really feel like if you want to pursue being an artist full time, then it literally will be a job. Like you have to do all the things that a job would require. You have to clock in and out just like a job. Like you have, you'll probably be putting in eight hours a day of doing things that aren't as glamorous, you know? And I think that that's a key that, 
new artists may not understand, may feel disillusioned by seeing people on social media because you're thinking, oh, I just want to paint. But there's a lot that goes into it. You have, I mean, probably the pet hospital isn't calling you and being like, hey, bring your stuff over. You're like, hey, pet hospital, I'm an artist that does pets. So that is part of the job. Mm -hmm. That's work. I mean, especially like for me, being an introvert, reaching out that I do is work. Like I have to make a plan just like I was at a job and I have to execute the plan. I have to reach out. I have to be networking. I just feel like a lot of artists don't want to do that and then they don't understand why they're not Mm -hmm. successful. Yeah, you are running a business. You are every department of that business and you have to understand, especially from like a um, customer relations perspective, Mm -hmm. you have to be professional in your correspondence. Now you can be that artist that's just like (laughs) out there having a good time and hard to get a hold of. If you want to be that artist, that's fine. Um, But if you, if you want to take control of what you're doing, then you have to be able to respond to your emails. You have to be able to update, you know, your website, which I will tell you with a 10 month old and a three month old is a very big struggle right now. I have, I have told people for, I guess the past year now that I'm kind of on a break. Mm -hmm. Um, But that is one great thing about being an artist is you can take those breaks. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when I already have my art out in stores. Right. And You've done the hard work. Yeah. Right. I have another business that I run. And I would say the first five years of that business was the hard time. And that's when I was out hustling and working long hours and doing all the hard things. And I feel like my advice to other artists like myself starting out who are wondering what to do you're going to have to invest probably five, six, seven, maybe, I don't know how many years, but it's going to be years. It's not going to be months of the hard work, of the hustling to get yourself out there. And it's going to be hard. It's going to be work. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be all button games painting like you wish it was. (laughs) So that's what I wish, but that's not reality. If it wasn't for all the hard work that I've invested in that business, I would never be where I am today on that business. And I'm trying to keep that mindset with art because it's so hard to me as an artist because your happy place, your zen, where you want to be is painting. Yeah. And that's just not how it's going to work. <laughs> <laughs> painting time is, is definitely limited these days. Um, I will say that I'm at a kind of stage in my career where I love mentoring people um, and, you know, and helping people kind of through the, the art business side. And it is, it is hard to see people when they're just starting and they're struggling with like not making the sales right away. It's going to take time. I am, I'm still getting orders from people that I met 10, 15 years ago that bought a pet painting for a hundred dollars, you know, so it's a foundation that you're setting now, if you're just starting out, that's going to continue to grow. And the customer relation side of it, just, um, making friends with your customers. I mean, you don't have right. to like spend too much time, but being a reliable uh, business for them and, mm-hmm. and somebody that they can come to when they um, need art or they need, you know, a gift or something mm-hmm. um, is super important in the early stages. Um, and then also supporting your your fellow art friends. You right. know, if something's not a project you want to take on, you pass it on to your exactly. art friends and you build that network. And the earlier you can do that, the, the better mm-hmm. the foundation is going to be. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. And Honestly, that's part of this podcast and how I saw it coming together is 
to me this doorway for someone who's not very outgoing, maybe to open a door, metaphorically, to let other creatives in. My idea of that has come to fruition and I see it progressing. Yeah, so it's made this podcast really worthwhile to me because it is a lot of hard work to produce a podcast, which I did not realize. And that even takes away from some of the art and the business I'm doing because I have to invest, I want to invest time in this. Artists should really be upholding each other. It's hard out there and we're, we are different. We may not all be made for the business world, you know. We all want the same thing. We want to be able to create. Yeah. And there's room for every artist. Yes. I, like, you know, in my early stages, I was just trying to realize, like, how can there be so many artists out there and us all succeed? Well, like, think about how many actors there are out there, right. how many musicians there are, singers. There, there are so many people out there that are successful and that have found their niche and that have found their crowd and their, you know, their people. So there is room for everyone um, and absolutely collaborating with others and, and you know, working with them either on the art side or the business side is so helpful for mm -hmm. the community and just, you know, artists as a whole. Well, uh, one thing you did touch on, and I want to explore just a little bit more, is uh, pricing. I'm all about research. So I went out there. I'm seeing what artists are charging and how they're doing it. There's different ways. That all, mm -hmm. You know, all kinds of people do it all different ways. Interviewed Shay. She told me one of the lines she says in her podcast is, the price is the price. Like, you say the price, and then you just stand there <laughs> quietly. You know, and that's really hard because we as artists, we, like, want to start, like, justifying and explaining why. You know, yeah. you're like trying to tell them your supply list and all this, which, you know, so I really consciously, whenever I say the price, I'm like, this is a price. And then I just try to stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the tip that I received that I like, and it keeps the emotion out of it, is uh, someone told me, if you take the length times the width, and then times that by whatever your yeah. qualifier is, qualifier grows as you grow. And so that is what I do. Pretty accurate for me. Not that I've sold a ton of original paintings or anything. And there's been a couple times where it's a larger piece. I tell someone the price and they're like, eh. I just try to stay true to the formula. And that to me has allowed me to take the emotions out of it. I just wanted to get your insight on maybe what process you use and what it started out as and what it is now. Yeah. Uh, so to touch on what you said earlier, uh, take the emotion out of it. That's the first step. You have to take the emotion out when you go to a, a store, you're buying clothes, you know, they're not telling you the price and going, oh, well, you know, the person that made this or the, the machine that made this, like, you just have to give them the price and that's, that's it. And the best way to take the emotion out of it is to write it down. Um, have a list of your prices. Like if you have certain sizes of paintings that you do often write those down write what your prices are then how you figure out what those prices on can vary you can do the square inch um so you know length times width times um you know whatever dollar amount that feels good for you you can also do height plus width times a larger dollar amount so like height plus width times ten dollars or times twenty dollars um that will get you a close to the um, square inch price but what I've seen is is you if you do the square inch price well then your small paintings are going to be like $15 and you don't want to do that so you might have to kind of merge the two and then if you do the length plus width 
times whatever amount, then your larger paintings are a lot cheaper. So you right. kind of have to find a middle ground. There's not going to be one system that works for everyone. What I, or let's go back to kind of how I started. When I started, I just like made up a number just like <laughs> everyone. You, you say, okay, this is going to cost a hundred dollars. I think. Did you think about like how much time you put in it when you um, were making up your numbers? <clears throat> I'll get to that in a second because okay. that's a very important point. Um, I think in the beginning, like let's just say pet paintings, because that's so easy. It's a, it's a, a face of a pet on a square canvas for me. Um, I think I started like 100, 125, 150 for the three different sizes that I offered. And I offer, I offered specific sizes because that was less confusing for the customer. Um, and I wrote it down on paper. So that's kind of where I started. And then, you know, once you run out of time to do those things, you start increasing your price. Once the demand goes up, in order for you to function, you have to raise your prices. Um, and then that gives you more money to be able to outsource other things to give you more time to paint. So the three different methods that most people do um, are the, the square inch pricing, the height plus width times an amount, or they're calculating the, uh, the material costs and the time you put in. And for me, that doesn't work because when I'm painting a painting, if it's fast and I just spent a little bit of time on it, that means I am good. <laughs> like right. I have mastered my craft and I got it done. Yeah, you're going to get faster as you yes. get better. You shouldn't be getting paid a lower hourly rate because you're yes. better. So in my style, since I'm loose and, and you know, I'm, I'm correct, but or mostly correct. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm loose when I'm painting. The faster I paint, the more expressive it is and the more um, freeing it is. So... I love when I can get accomplish a painting fast. Mm -hmm. um, so I can't do that. Now, if it's taking me longer uh, to paint a painting, that's because it's something that I need to practice more often or I messed up and I have to fix something or mm -hmm. maybe it's a subject matter that I've never painted before and I'm trying to figure things out. So things that take me longer aren't necessarily more value to the customer and your customer in my painting style, your customer does not care how long it took <laughs> right. you. Now, there are certain painting styles that are meticulous, and that is part of the art is how long and how mm -hmm. photorealistic, you know, how long it took and how photorealistic the painting is. That's completely different than what I'm doing. But for me, value does not come from spending more time on the painting. Right. Those are the ones that actually you know, hurt <laughs> my brain when I'm spending too much time on the painting. So I do not do the materials cost. I do not do the, the time spent. Um, I do a modified square inch pricing. So um, I might have a, a square inch dollar amount for my uh, pet portraits because those are, you know, quick and easy and fun and expressive. I might have a dollar amount for like full body animals because mm -hmm. that's that's more. That's yeah, it's harder. And there's other <laughs> body parts there. And then I have a different system for like a portrait of a human versus a, uh, you know, multiple people in a painting versus like a painting with backgrounds. So a painting with multiple people in backgrounds is going to be my most expensive thing because there's so many elements there. One face of an animal, one face of a human is going to be the, on the lower end of my dollar amount per square mm -hmm. inch. So you do the square inch method, but then you take into account like details. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. And that's, that's not like some weird amount. I mean, it is just, this one takes me longer because mm -hmm. there's more in it. Right. And, it has more detail. Yeah, so, yeah. so in that case, I am accounting the time, but that's, that's not because of fault. That's just because of what the all subject, there is right. in there. Um, and I think when, when you, when somebody asks like, can you do a portrait? I say, absolutely. How many people do you want backgrounds? You know, what, 
you know, what is the extent of what you're wanting? And then I can give them a specific price Mm -hmm. and write it down. Every time you give somebody a quote, write it down, put it in your spreadsheet. You need to have a little spreadsheet of all the quotes you've given or all the different sizes that you offer. And then it takes all the emotion out. You just reference Mm -hmm. your spreadsheet, you give it to them. Now, if you're doing a painting for a friend or a family member, give them the price, but say, Hey, you're a friend or family member. I'm going to give you 30% off or 40% off or whatever that is. And then also when you're pricing your work, you have to take into account a gallery. If a gallery is selling your work, they're likely going to take 40 to 50%. If a boutique um, or, you know, wholesale place is selling your work, buying your work, they're going to take 40 to 50% or even more. So So are your prices different in those locations? No, absolutely not. My price is the same, whether you go to my website, whether you go to a gallery, um, specifically for, you know, for that gallery, for that store, if I'm under undercutting their prices, they would be very upset. Um, (laughs) And they are doing so much work for you. A a business that's selling your artwork, they're doing the marketing, they're bringing the customer in. So that amount of money that they take, I have realized over the years that that's mm-hmm. so much work that I don't have to do. Yeah. Now, I hate that I don't get to meet the customer. I hate that I don't, you know, get that relationship, but they are doing so much and they have value. Right. As a, a new artist and I've talked to a couple of galleries and they tell me the price that they take, you're like, oh, yeah. you know, it's yeah. a, like a little dagger to the heart, you know, because you're like, you didn't paint this. Yeah. But, but then if you have been doing the business side, you understand like if you have to wrap up a painting I don't know about other artists, but sometimes you're like, ugh, I don't want to do this part. Well, that if you sell it in a gallery, they're doing that part yes, for you. Absolutely. So they obviously deserve a percent. If you're a new artist and that like cuts you like a knife, I understand, but understand that they are bringing value to you. Mm-hmm. And so you have to give up a little bit yeah. to get that value. It is hard to get your name out there. So they are doing that legwork for you. Yeah. And, and what you don't see is how many thousands of people walk in the door and see your art. Um, you know, that's that's something when your art's at home, nobody's seeing exactly. it. So they are they are advertising every day, whether they're whether or not they're putting like traditional advertising out there. Mm-hmm. People are walking in their door, they're seeing your artwork and and that is so, so valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not, you know, they're actually making the sale that people are actually seeing your art. Right. How much would you give up, you know, yeah. for someone else to handle all the business side of it and then cut you a check at the well, end? Then, then beyond that, look at art licensing and how much they are taking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, granted, they're not usually taking your original painting, but yeah. the percentage that you get from each sale is very, 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 very small. <laughs> right. So you you start to learn what um, what things you uh, you want to handle and what things you want to pass on to others and outsource. And, and sometimes that is something you want to outsource, especially if you just want to get your art out of the house. It's nice right. to have it somewhere where somebody is doing all that work for you. And, and we all appreciate the galleries and the businesses <laughs> that are out there selling our art. All right. Well, um, as we wrap up here, um, I just wanted to know if there was any advice you would give those starting out or who have the dream of becoming a full-time artist, is there any words of wisdom you would give us? Yeah, I think just, you know, doing what you love, um, not doing what you don't love. Just say no if you, okay, let me take that back. Say yes to everything in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Take on everything, overload yourself. Then you realize what you don't like and you can start saying no. So take it all on then start to pass it on. Um, say no when you when you are approached with something that you don't like and pass it on to your new art friends. Um, treat your business like a business. Um, you, I mean, you have to spend 
80% sometimes on the business side and only 20% on the art side. And sometimes that's okay. Now, if you don't want to do those things, make enough art, sell enough art that you can make so much money and you can outsource those things. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> yes, do it all yourself until you can't anymore. And then, mm-hmm. you know, start paying others for that. Um, you know, just, I think the biggest advice and the biggest turning point in my career is when I figured out, I know it's like, you can't just say, figure out what you want to do. But when I figured out what was true to me and what felt right, that's when I, my business took off. And and when I surrounded myself with like-minded artists mm-hmm. and I, you know, joined groups that, um, that were inspiring on the business side, not just the art right. side. So really finding what you love. And when you love what you do, others will see that and they'll come mm-hmm. to you. I definitely agree in the beginning, and I'm still in the beginning. So I'm, if you got a project, I'm going to say yes. So bring it on, you know. Do all the things. Keep your eyes open to all the opportunities. Go out and find those opportunities. Mm-hmm. Don't wait for them to come to you. They're not going to come to you unless you get out there. Yeah. And once all that activity is happening and you're doing all the work, you will be able to start eventually weeding out. Your art and your customers are going to be your biggest cheerleaders. Whether or not they're your family, they'll still be right. cheerleaders. But yes. I mean, just your art can speak for itself. Once it once it speaks for you, right. once it is true to you, it'll speak for itself. And then your customers will just keep coming back. Right. And they'll spread, spread the word about your art. You don't have to advertise anything. Exactly. I've gotten several jobs just off showing that piece of artwork because I'm like, this is what I'm capable of doing. And people are like, oh, okay, well, then I want that too, you know. And so I think you'll know as you start making those home runs, I am valuable. I bring value. So, And that's important. I think for all the new artists starting out, don't undervalue your work. Mm -hmm. And it's not like... You don't want to overprice your work, right. but when somebody looks at the price, they want to know that it's valuable. And mm-hmm. so sometimes if you're underpricing your work, they're like, oh, well, they're just, they're new or they're, yeah, they they're don't not really very know good. what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. So you do have to find a, a, you know, happy medium on your price where it is, right. it does give value and it is something where if it's sold, you're happy with that. Right. You know? Thank you so much. I feel like we've learned a lot of things. (laughs) So, and the number one thing I feel like whenever I talk to a more established artist is that it's possible. You know, when you're in the beginning, you're like, I don't even know. Like, is there any, I mean, I see them on the internet, but is anyone actually making money off their art, you know, and and doing this? And there are. And I hate that starving artist (laughs) mentality. I don't know where that comes from, but it, it, I mean, it's absolutely possible. I mean, if you just do the numbers, just yeah. think about how many paintings you have to sell or prints or whatever you want to do, how many classes you have to teach. And it is absolutely possible. The biggest thing is just get your art out there. Mm-hmm. You can't be in your house. Nobody's going to see it. <laughs> Thank you so yeah. much. Is there any like upcoming events? I know that you are, uh, are kind of on a little <laughs> hiatus, you know, with the children and stuff. Oh, and that's gosh, cool. I haven't. Okay. So I send out monthly newsletters until uh, probably July of last year when we had when I was eight months pregnant. Mm-hmm. So I haven't sent out info in a while, but I um, I will be reopening my custom orders next okay. month. And um, in the end of July, I have an event in Fort Smith, Arkansas for those locals, Art on the Border. And sometimes it just takes events like that for me. Okay, I'm going to get back into Yeah, this. get like, re-energized. With my, with my 10-month-old, uh-huh. he's finally started daycare. So I do have that time that I can mm-hmm. focus on painting. So I did paint my... Um, 
two new original paintings the other day. I've been painting commissions behind the scenes for a long time. Right. I saw one of the ones you posted on Instagram of a girl, and it yeah, was really cool. Yeah. So, yeah. And I and also, when you're a full-time artist, you don't have time to post on social media. I know. So I thousands of pictures <laughs> of paintings that I need to post. But um, So just a little event like that kind of inspires me to paint new paintings. So I do have two new ones. I'll probably paint two more new ones before the event. I would love to get back into teaching workshops. I know my customers. They're <laughs> my like, where are you? That as well. um, I will be back. I promise. I just don't like committing when I can't commit. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm at that stage where I'm enjoying the toddler and the baby. Yes. So we're, we're focusing on them for a little bit. And then I think um, later this summer and this fall, I'll really be able to get back to that. And I enjoy that that flexibility that awesome. is possible. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll be out there. I promise I'll come back. Um but look for me this fall. Okay. And I do know that you have a couple galleries that you're in. You want to tell us where you're, if there's any like artwork out in the wild that we could see. So I have about 10 different places that I'm in at every point. So I don't (laughs) want to forget any of them. But if you, if you go to my website, um, it's, amyeichlerart.com E-I-C-H-L-E-R I do have a list of galleries and shops okay. that has all 10 of mine and then you know mostly in this area um, but some some in different parts and some you know online galleries mm-hmm. and different places I well I'll put your out. Instagram and your uh, website in the show description and then people can go out and look and see where you are so they can meander across yeah. something as they're out and about and Get out there and look at the local galleries because we do have some opportunities. So I'd encourage other artists to go to galleries and whoever, not just artists, everyone can enjoy it. So get out there. Even if you don't have a bunch of money to buy something, just looking is very inspirational. So, yeah. So thank you so much for being here and giving all us the insights. If you'd like to check out my website and see if all of this is just a foolish endeavor, then you can find me at caseartworks.com. And you can also follow me on any of my social media platforms. I have Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. I'd love for you to follow along or walk beside me in this journey. And let's see what happens at the end of the year.